So, hey, this is Andy, Partner and Chief Strategy Officer for Kripke Enterprises. And before we get this podcast started, I got to follow up on something. So a couple of weeks ago, I had Stevan Groth on. And when we were talking at the beginning of our conversation, we talked about how I was on a social media, uh, I was dry social media. Um, and it allowed me to go into YouTube, although some people will say that YouTube is part of social media. So I was on YouTube real heavily, and one of the things that I watched a lot was the high-stakes blackjack. And Stevan and I talked a little bit about high-stakes blackjack, but the other part about this that I just love was Dana White from the UFC taught me about this whole shoe game. And I have fallen in love with the shoe game. I think it is a riot. Dunks, Jordans. Um, I bought two pairs of shoes. I bought, I got one pair on the drop, on the Nike drop uh, of the uh, Year of the Dragon shoes of Nike Dunks. I haven't put them on my feet. Uh, pardon me, of Nike uh, Air Jordans. I was hope I paid uh, two hundred and sixty dollars for the shoes. They uh, I was hoping that I'd get lucky enough that they would go up in value. They've done nothing but go down in value. They're worth about one hundred and ninety five dollars. I'm kind of watching it on goat. So here's what I really want. If you could in the comments, if you're watching this on YouTube in the comments below, you know, are you in the shoe game and do you have a favorite website or do you have a brand of shoe? that um, you wear or you uh, are collecting. Obviously, I'm on the lookout. I'm in Toledo, Ohio. I'm looking for a pair of Travis Scott's that's reasonably priced. So if you have one of those, reach out to me. I can be reached at andy at kripke.com. Uh, but I am in the shoe game. Thank you. And we'll get to the podcast in just a sec. So everybody knows Chicago for Garrett's popcorn. Love it's Garrett's. the gold standard of right? popcorn. So we fell in love with it and we came up with our own recipe that resembled Garrett's as much as possible. Like September through December, even into January, it's insanity. Okay. And running it the first year out of my location was stupid. Like, you, it was like being in The Shining. It was the maze, you know, that, right. the, you know, the, uh, what do you, what's the plant that, the shrub where you can't get out of it. I mean, people would come in and then turn around and leave because they just, couldn't see anything. There were boxes and pallets up to the ceiling. So in order to survive COVID and to survive all of these different obstacles, you have to be willing to do it yourself. Hi, I'm Andy Golding, Partner and Chief Strategy Officer of Kripke Enterprises, and I am so excited, so incredibly excited about today's episode of Toledo Works. This podcast is sponsored by Kripke Enterprises at Kripke. Recycling metal is not just good for the environment, it's good for business. Our phones are ringing. Uh, this podcast is produced by Stuart Media Strategies. And today I am thrilled, as you can see, to introduce Rachel Marciniak, founder of Rachel Michaels Popcorn and new owner of Bassett Nut Company, located at 5307 Monroe Street. And, you know, usually I write like a big introduction for the, what they do. 
you guys are in the nut mm -hmm. and popcorn business. Yes. I mean, that doesn't take a huge introduction. Rachel, how did you get into the popcorn business? Okay. So my sister went to school at the University of Loyola in Chicago. So everybody knows Chicago for Garrett's popcorn. Love it's Garrett's. the gold standard of right? popcorn. So we fell in love with it, and we came up with our own recipe that resembled Garrett's as much as possible. Okay. So we would make it. I would take it as, at the time, I was a pharmaceutical sales rep. So I would take it into offices, take it to meetings. Everybody loved it. Everybody wanted the recipe. This was recipe. your giveaway. Yes, yes. Okay. I would take it to meetings, and everybody wanted it. You made caramel corn yourself? Yep. And I actually, at my house, I had three ovens at the time. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I, yeah, it, was, it was crazy. So I, um, at one point, um, in the drug industry, um, I knew that there would be some downsizing happening. Um, and Michael, of Rachel Michael's Gourmet Popcorn, had called. He wanted it for Super Bowl. He said, hey, can you give my wife the recipe? I said, absolutely not. It's right. going to be my plan B if this goes crazy. And so sure enough, he said, well, let me know if that happens, and I'll be your silent partner. That's how Rachel Michaels has its name. Everyone thinks Michaels is my last name. It's not. Right. So that's how it got the name. So sure enough, was downsized. And then I called Mike and said, hey, were you serious about that? He said, absolutely. And so we started Rachel Michaels for my popcorn. Okay. At the time, I was also working with friends of mine, helping with their Verizon businesses and okay. bar businesses. And... Um, doing this on the side with my three ovens at my house, staying up all night long with two toddlers. And so finally, um, George had said, Rachel, this is crazy. You're killing yourself. Why don't you look at that space down where I am now? On Monroe Street. On Monroe Street. Right. So I did. He said, you like it? I'll build it. So then Mike and I separated. You're no longer partners. Not with Mike. Right. Kept the name. Okay. Then George and I became partners. George. Simon. Okay. So he, it's his plaza, his strip center. Got it. So he and I became partners. Okay. Um, Mike did not want to be a part of the retail side of things. He just wanted to keep it kind of in in, home, in the house. Um, so, so Mike wanted you to just make popcorn in your house? Yeah, and do more online. Okay, right. Than retail. Right, retail stuff. It is it is tough. It's expensive. Yeah. Um, and Rose Street's not cheap. Right, okay. So he was fine with it, kept the name. George and I became partners, and that's how Rachel Michaels Gourmet Popcorn started on Monroe Street. Okay. That so. is awesome. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been there? 13 years. Oh, my gosh. George it's... ended up leaving a few years ago. Gosh, I don't even know how long ago. It's been at least five years now that he's that not he's been a part of it. not a part of it anymore. No, so it's all just me. Wow. Mm -hmm. So do you think that when you started, um, was it helpful to have a partner? Um, they were both silent. But they were partners. They were. They mm -hmm. helped. Oh, my gosh. I can't even tell you how much, you know, they helped with getting it all established with an LLC and all that kind of stuff. Um, the build out, the expense with the equipment um, once George and I became partners. So right. I can't, I'm indebted to both of them. So your strength was the popcorn and probably selling it. And they oh. were more in the back room right. and in the they industrial were not, side. They were not popping popcorn. Right. Okay. They were not scooping coconut oil. Oh my gosh. So you went from, so the volume that you were doing in your house uh -huh. was, it has to be dramatically different. And then I would also, now I don't know, I would also, when you make popcorn, caramel corn in your house, now we'll get technical. Uh -huh. I'm a foodie guy. Do you use preservatives? Or no. 
does the does the sugar just preserve it? Right. How long does it last? Okay, so it's different with a savory, and by savory I mean like the cheeses, not anything that has a candy or a caramel coating on it. Right. Um, so those have a shorter life expectancy um, than what anything with caramel or candy has because it kind of encapsulates the kernel. Okay. Um, and I also only use Monster Mushroom popcorn because it, it's a, more of like a ball. How did you? Then, that was my next question for you. Okay. It's more of like a ball instead of like what you get at the movie theaters, which is called butterfly. It has like the little wings that fall off and leaves crumbs everywhere. Right. Um, so when I was at my house um, making the caramel corn, I had, like I said, three ovens. Every 10 minutes you had to stir it. Okay. So it was like this, and I had this popcorn machine, my first one that didn't beep to let you know that it was ending and so you wouldn't burn it. So you just had to kind of listen for it. Okay. So picture it. There's three ovens, a popper, and two toddlers. Oh, my god! Running around. And so it was like constantly running around the whole kitchen trying to stir it and get it to be crunchy and crisp. Um, and then you'd have to let it cool. It was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. So now that I'm in the store, the equipment that I have, um, the first year we had one popper and one caramel corn machine and one cheese tumbler. Right. And after the first year, George was like, we have to double everything. So we really? ended up with two of everything, except for the caramel corn maker. So you make the popcorn. Everything's only with coconut oil. So it's really light oil. It takes on the flavor. Um, and then you make the caramel and then you cool it. And it lasts for at least six months. And it's caramel corn zero. that you make in the store or mm -hmm. in your house would last for six months. Yeah. Well, and when I package it, there's hardly any air. Right. Like you can see, like when you go to the grocery store, you get these huge bags, usually not clear. Right. So you don't know if there's a bunch of crumbs in the bottom. Right. And, and it's full of air. You know, when you open the bag, it's halfway full. It's kind of silly. Isn't it amazing? So you're, you and your, your sister's going to school. Mm -hmm. You go to Garrett's and everybody loves Garrett's. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, the line is endless. Yeah. We, it never ends. We, I would go in for a meeting and at the end of the meeting, like we would leave Friday morning and we would go to Garrett's mm -hmm. early in the morning. So we would skip the line, right? you know, and somebody would stay in the car and we'd run in. Uh -huh. That's amazing. Right. So my sister and I went, gosh, it's been years now, but we went to um, Garrett's and we were in line for the popcorn. And of course they come out with the little souffle cups of the Chicago style, which right. everybody uh, loves. Right. Um, and so I, we were tasting it and I'm like, this is, oily no wonder why it goes stale so fast right. because of all the oil they use in the cheese so huh. i've had so many people tell me that the cheese popcorn at the store is much better than garrett's because it's like triple coated with cheese so you don't have all the oily to make then the caramel go bad right because if you don't eat garrett's immediately and right. you think you're going to take it home for right. your kids or whatever it's it already right not the same mm. so all right so now you've had two partners mm -hmm. Um, both of which you're indebted to. Yep. And what about when the unwinding of the partnerships that you had to unwind? Was that was that difficult at all? Or uh, I think with Mike, it was a little bit more challenging. Okay. Um, I think it was just an initial, I don't know if it's maybe because I was, it was going to George and he was going to, but Mike never wanted to do the retail side of it. Right. So he was kind of okay. He was okay with it. it just, these guys didn't want to be in the, No, they business. want, no. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, and then with George, he had so many other things going on right. with a bunch of Verizon stores and oh restaurants. Gosh. 
Okay. So he just didn't, I'm sure, need or want the hassle. Right. So um, it worked out for you. It did. It really worked out well, beyond well. It worked out so great. It's amazing. It's great to yeah. hear stories like that. Yeah. And we're all still amazing friends. And yeah, That's so nice. Yeah. All right. So now you're doing the popcorn mm -hmm. and um, your business is growing mm -hmm. and you're on Monroe Street and you've got the um, the old friendlies next. To, I mean, I knew it as friendlies. Right. You knew it as and friendlies. berries. Right. But yeah. And there and was like a super supper or something. That like you'd a Geno's. Yeah. Geno's yeah. then Geno's. But I knew it as friendlies yes. in the... You know, 80s. In fact, I found in the attic of Gina's, there's a, uh, it's like a daily log from like 1982. Yeah. And it showed like what the cash was and what <laughs> they anti anticipated sales to be. Sure. And all kinds of things. It was, And I ended up laminating it because I laminate everything. That's so funny. But yeah, it's kind of cool to see what they were doing in the 80s. Yeah, we would ride our bikes there mm -hmm. and get ice cream. And, you know, maybe we'd have a tuna fish sandwich or something right. there. I mean, it was great. So um, you're doing that business. Business is going well. Are you online? Is mm -hmm. the business online? And what part of your, how much of your business is online sales compared to people walking through the door? Mm -hmm. Okay. Or so, is that a secret? No, it is so. not. It's a lot of, a lot of challenges, lots of learning, lots of learning curves. Okay. So yes. And uh, so the website. So when it was with Mike, we started a website um, I love my website designer, um, and I follow her everywhere Okay, she goes. And so started the website, and she's a big picture kind of girl. She said, you need, first of all, she told me I should have had a food truck before food trucks were ever right. a thing. Hmm. Um, I just couldn't imagine that. So never didn't do that. But on, anyway, um, she's the one that introduced me to Amazon. And I think I might have been like one of her first customers, clients, as she got into Amazon. Okay. So I was in Amazon. Um, the challenge with Amazon is that everything is free shipping. Right. So you have to put the cost into the product, right. absorb it. Um, and, and then, so you have that in there, but you kind of get screwed if you're shipping out to California versus into Michigan. Right. You know, because the shipping rates change. So um, that was a challenge and a learning curve, and it was time-consuming and tedious, especially because, you know, if you have free shipping and, you're, and somebody orders one half pound or a pound of coconut almonds, the shipping is more than the product. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. So you're on your website and, yeah. Am, or do your oh. web, it's fulfilled through Amazon or? I get notification <laughs> that somebody bought something through Amazon, and then I ship it out of the store. With free shipping. With free shipping. Well, that's a better deal than whatever you're doing on your website. Right. So how long did that last? It lasted lo a long time until the purchase of Bassett. Okay. And then the whole website had to change. We tried to incorporate both brands into one website. Right. It was confusing for the Rachel Michaels Gourmet Popcorn people to wonder where it went because then we changed the exterior. And now since Bassett Nut Company has been in Toledo for almost 100 years. Right. We wanted to go with that history. Um, so people were confused and we did not do a real good job as far as the explanation of the transition at all. It was okay. terrible. Um, so lots of people that were ordering on Amazon um, didn't see how, you know, it would take you to the Bassett website. So they, I think they were confused. Um, right. What, am I ordering Rachel right. Michaels popcorn? Or Why who's am I this Bassett? Bassett? Especially customers that were in different states that didn't right. have the regional knowledge. 
So even people in Sylvania and Toledo don't, I mean, right. they drive by all the time. They're like, oh my God, you're still here. I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. It's confusing. I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, that's still something that we're working on. Okay. With so it. We kind of took a backseat with Amazon once the Bassett came on board again for the same reasons, the shipping right. and all of that. So we put that on hold for a minute until we can kind of have an understanding of the shipping and everything that's involved with that. So to give some context, so you're running the business, you're going for 10 years, and then the opportunity to buy Bassett, a Toledo company that's been around for 100 years, comes your way, and what was that like, and what is it like buying a brand that's 100 years old, and how has that changed your business? So it, it's an amazing story, actually. Um, John Levine, an amazing, 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 amazing person. Um, and then Jeff Williams. Jeff and I would do business together. Like if I was short popcorn seed or if they were, we would sell it to one another just right. to tide things over until just to fill an order. Um, so we kind of had a working relationship and that was great. Um, and then it just, John called Corey and said, does Rachel still own Rachel Michaels for my popcorn? Would she have any interest? And so then we started delving into that. And it's been amazing. Um, that was March of 22 when it was finalized. There were some different things involved in that. Um, there were a couple businesses, and so we only wanted the Bassett side of it. So we kind of had to figure all that out. Didn't matter because March of 22, I bought Bassett, and then in December, we bought the other part, which I wasn't initially wanting to do because it was, I think, a bit too much for me to bite off at the time. Right. But we were getting some of those customers from the other side as well. So it just kind of made sense. Like, why not? Um, and then the Geno space with COVID coming along, um, Geno's, they weren't even open for two years. They yeah, I think, labor. weren't they closed even before COVID? I mean. Yeah, it was hit or miss. They couldn't find labor a lot of times. Yeah, and it wasn't then, a great location for them. It, I think it was, but. It, I mean, for some reason, it just didn't work. Well, COVID and then labor. Yeah. And so it just got to be a challenge and then their lease came up. Mm. And so I'm like, this is like a perfect spot. For sure. And I need more space. So especially at the holidays, like September through December, even into January, it's insanity. Okay. And running it the first year out of my location was stupid. Like you, it was like being in The Shining. It was the maze, you know, that. Right. The, you know, the, um, what do you, what's the plant that are the shrub where you can't get out of it? I mean, people would come in and then turn around and leave because they just couldn't see anything. There were boxes and pallets up to the ceiling. It could, you couldn't move Oh my gosh. At, in the store. And so <laughs> thankfully with Gino's lease being up, we could take that space and then make it so that people could come into the store now and see things and move around and not feel like cases of cashews were going to come tumbling down on them or cases right. of tins. So it was much better this year. Um, what we expect, what we're hoping and praying to do is I, I've remodeled the Geno space. And so retail and offices will go in that space and then production will stay where we are okay. for the seasonal business. And so have you thought about merging the names or are I think we're going to keep it Bassett Nut and then have Rachel Michaels Gourmet Popcorn be one of the brands. So, oh, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's great. What is your, um, 
So when you bought Bassett Nut, what was that business doing that your business wasn't doing? And how did that integration go? Okay, so Bassett Nut, um, I think for the most part, with their location being on merger behind Kohl's on airport in Holland, Sylvania, it really didn't focus on retail traffic. Um, and so uh, that it has exploded way more than what they've ever really done being on Monroe Street. Um, and then their operation focused more on holiday or, or promotional sides of things. Like we right. can do all kinds of promotional. Promotional meaning like tins for at the yep. holidays you send your customers. Right. And okay. they customize the tin lids mm -hmm. or even we've done things with espresso beans and mugs, you know, any kind of promotional type of item. Um, I know in the past, Linda came over from Bassett. Um, she had been there for 30 years and oh, she has told stories about whatever the customer wants, we can find it, you know, whether it's like a s'mores type of box with their logos on it. Um, the tins are all customized, so it has their logos or whatever they want to have on the tin right. um, can be accommodated. Accommodated. We have also done, uh, Bassett used to do a lot of the trucks, wooden trucks or wooden yeah. toys. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we had their inventory. Um, I don't know that we're going to move forward with that because... Of you the have, trucks? Right. Because yeah, yeah. you have to the, buy the volume right. in order to get the right price. Right. Um, but instead, we have started doing um, these wooden boxes. And they you can have the etched logos on the box. And it it's kind of like an 8 by 11 type of, well, I don't right. know. You can put things in. You can put like um, sticky notes or pencils or whatever. If you're worried about the planet and you don't want to fill landfills with the tins, you know, some yeah. people have had more Well, you'd concern. recycle the tins. You would recycle the yeah. tins. Right. Some people aren't doing that. <laughs> right. They need to be. They need yes. to be calling you. That's right. Um, but if they didn't, they could throw it in a wood and burn it. Right. You know, but it's a nice alternative. They're made in Wisconsin and not in China. So oh, cool. Yeah. It's nice to keep it all in the States and as much local is what I'd like to, that's what I aim to do sure. with all the products, all of the nuts are the same supplier that we've always used and they're in Norton, Ohio. Hmm. So when I do have a question, so when you get these cashews that you have to, I, I can't even imagine how big, you know, 50 pound box and you're, you know, you got to have a lot of people touching these product. Okay. It's not 50 pounds. <laughs> it's what a if? pallet of each box is 25 pounds, and there are multiple pallets All right. every week. Thousands, they come still warm. Really? Oh, it, it's not even right how much. <laughs> we had a forklift we rented, actually, and the drivers were so thankful because... Yeah, you can't unload it without well, it. Well, it's not even just the stuff, the, the, the nuts. It's the chocolate stuff, too, because my supplier in Ohio doesn't do the chocolate stuff. So they come out of Pennsylvania, and it was a semi-load every week, it, it, a huge semi. That's load. a lot of chocolate. And I am telling you, one case at a time in December, back yeah, and forth. it's not going to happen. No. How do you, so what my question was, though, you sell it in small things, so a lot of people are touching all this stuff. No, it's pretty much me. Okay, well, so you touch all the. I'm not touching each nut at a no, time. I, I, I hope mean, not. you're gloved and you is know, it, you're I mean, is there like. Oh, uh, as far as an automated? No, no, I'm, I guess I'm curious. You know, there's, there's a lot of at the holidays and the health department. And I mean, what is that? What, how does the health, does the health department, 
look at bagging nuts like it looks at a restaurant? Is it easy to work with the health department? No. It's not easy? At all, not well, at all. I, I would think it wouldn't be a big deal. The stuff's okay. already cooked, right? Let me give you a little it's bit of trivia. starting to get a little hungry. Yeah, open it okay. up. Okay. Okay, so I do. The nuts all come to me. Okay, well, let's step back a little bit. Okay. So the health department, Department of Agriculture, the higher gods of nuts. The higher, the, the Department of Agriculture is involved? Uh-huh. Well, not with me right now, but they were with Bassett. Okay. You have to do so much in sales for three consecutive years before the Department of Agriculture gets involved. They were actually involved with my business before COVID, but then with all the increase in Amazon orders, they kind of, the- Why you, is the Department of Agriculture involved in your business? Okay, so if you sell wholesale okay. to stores, then they get involved. Got but it. because so many people started selling things on Amazon, they had to take a step back because they were inundated with all these new right. vendors. These are good, by the way. Thank Dark you. chocolate covered mm -hmm. almonds. almonds. All right. So the, the Department of Agriculture kind of took a step back. Um, but what those two entities did is they said, you cannot roast almonds in the same roaster as you do cashews because of allergens. Okay. <laughs> These are like $300,000 machines. Now you have to have two of them, and they're huge. Do you roast your own nuts? No. That's okay. where I'm going with this story. So so Bassett, oh years ago, like five, three, three to five years ago, they ended up selling the roaster to our supplier in Norton, Ohio. They roast so the nuts. So now they roast it with the Bassett recipes, and they bring it to us in cases. So we don't There's have There's a recipe for roasting almonds? There's or? a recipe. The Bassett recipe, people know it. They love it. What are you years. What are you talking about? <clears throat> there's a recipe. The seasonings, <laughs> just the different seasonings. Like, the, you know, there's spicy cashews. There's ah. sweet and spice. <clears throat> there's all kinds of, there's got to be 30 <clears throat> different kinds of nuts. Okay. That I have. Oh, my God. <laughs> These are good nuts. And I, was, <laughs> I was concerned that the almonds were going to do that to me. So I think I'll wash it down with, with like a candy-coated Christmas pretzel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, so the health department, are they involved in your business? The health, okay. So I don't do anything with the nuts other than package them up. Okay. So they're off my butt about that. Okay. So a little bit of trivia. How hot do you think a popper needs to be to pop a seed of popcorn? How hot does a popper need to be to pop a seed of popcorn? Mm -hmm. So. Because bacteria, right? Right. So when you deep fry things, you generally take the temperature at like 350 degrees. So I would say 350 degrees. 460 degrees to That's... pop a seed of popcorn. It's hot. So There's there... no bacteria. A bag of popcorn could fall on the floor. You could pick the seeds up and put it in the thing. <laughs> You're not going to have any bacteria. You don't do that. I would never do that. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. We're talking about popcorn here. We're right. not talking about cooling creamy mushroom soup or something right. slowly to get it to the right temperature for the health department or meat, fish, or poultry. We're talking about popcorn. So they come to your place and watch you make it? Or what is it? Well, What's the come, issue? They come to the... They come. They were just there last week. The health department. Yes. Okay. And we're, we're tight these days. Violation free, I hope. Oh yeah. Uh, but there's a new allergen. It's not in the state yet. I was just told. It's more of the FDA and the Department of Agriculture, and it's not in Ohio yet. But it's coming. So I need to start bolding sesame. Sesame. So. The stuff that I'm eating right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Do you have to say that it is not? 
touching nuts or all your stuff well, is contaminated? Well, everything on the label much? says manufactured in a facility that has nut products, soy, right. all the stuff, all the buzzwords. Um, so when they come to my store, they make sure it's clean. They make sure the temperatures are right in the refrigerator for the butter, the only ingredient that I have to what have. What do you use the butter? Oh, for the caramel. caramel. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Um, you know, check the sanitizers, you know, check the scoops. It sounds easy. It, it is. It, it always has been until but recently. What happened? So um, when I renovated the space formerly known as Geno's. It would be a shithole when you got it. <laughs> It, it had been vacant for a couple years, so, and um, I wanted to recreate it kind of like the store that I have now. So I took out all of the ceiling tiles that mm. are from like the 80s. Right. And um, left the beams because it has an A-frame, and I thought that'd be great, especially around the holidays. You can sure. hang Christmas trees upside oh, yeah, down with nice. lights for Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever, with right. music. It'll be a destination. <laughs> it's that so sounds simple. Right. Uh-huh. So then we insulated it okay, with foam insulation. It's about four inches thick. It's like concrete. And then okay. we painted it black with all the beams and everything. So it resembles a store. And um, and I did the floor. It's so cool. It's like watch it, wash, uh, walking on clouds. It's an epoxy. Cool. So great. Amazing. It's like light and airy and beautiful. And store sounds great. Oh, right. Okay. And so it's retail. The, right. Where all the insulation is because the production room is FRP, that washable plastic right. stuff, uh -huh. from ceiling walls down to the ceramic <laughs> floors, ceramic, but everything you can operate in that room. Okay. It is that pristine. With my two brand new machines that are twice the size of the machines that I have now. That pop popcorn. Pop popcorn and do two twice as big as the caramel corn machine, which has a table that it's like an air hockey table, shoots air up, cools it in like half the time. Ooh, that's awesome. I know. Yeah. Right. So I cut everything down <laughs> in half, right? Uh-huh. I get okay. So the health department comes in. I, I we when they tell you that you can take a piece of grid paper and scale to grid paper the um, equipment and whatnot, that's a lie. Just go straight, go straight to an architect or an engineer and because you're gonna waste a month of your time for, for them to reject it and go and have an, a CAD drawing done. So if you're thinking about opening up a restaurant or a food business, don't think that. Don't pencil it in ever. Right. Not going to pass. You're going to waste four weeks of your life. Okay. So they rejected it. So we get an engineer to go and do this, right? And so um, right around December 19th, um, my caramel corn machine, the um, shaft, which is a god-awful sound when the shaft breaks or starts scraping on the excruciating sound. So my new machines are being delivered. I had the guy look, he can't take care of the machine. So he takes, hauls it away to go and have it repaired at their shop. Okay. Now I'm without a popcorn machine. Well, that's not good if you're in the popcorn business. Correct. And this is December 19th. Okay. 20th ish. So all of a sudden I'm at the Geno space because these machines are so huge. They can't go into my existing space. Wow. Okay. So I'm over there without a license. Because That's probably not a good idea. No. Well, I mean, this has been going on for months now with right. the with the process, the health department process. So all of a sudden they come in, they see me popping. And health I explain, department. Uh -huh. okay. And I explain to them, I'm like, I'm you so come sorry. Come with guns? No, they were not happy though. I will tell you that. Okay. So I said, I am so sorry. I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. I am a small business 
person and it's December and it's popcorn. Showtime. And my machine's gone. Oh, they were not at all happy. Okay. Ceased and desist, like get every nut out of here, get every popcorn out of here, everything out, 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 out. So what'd you do? Moved everything out along with all my kids' Christmas presents that I had <laughs> hidden away. Like my office person all moved the office because I didn't know if they were going to lock the doors on me. I didn't know. So then they came back the next day with the letter and I said, see, my machine was just delivered that morning. That had been repaired. Like well, I'm that's not. That's good. I'm not lying to you. Right. Like, it, what did you want me to do? So anyway, they took a look when they came unexpected. Well, they're always unexpected. I mean, I've gone to so many restaurants that are such dumps. I know. So you want to know what the problem is? And mind you, this is the retail space right. where what you see here is in the retail space. It's sealed. It's right. sealed before right. it gets to the retail space. The insulation that minds you, the roof, George took the roof, George and I took the roof off after the insulation. Not one piece of insulation fell on anyone. Scraped a roof off, nothing. The roof, the ceiling is not flush and washable. No bueno. So now what? What'd you do? You had to put a new roof in? No. Or a new, I spent new cover? No, no, no. So what'd you tell him? I said, this is restaurant grade material. It is restaurant grade. It reduces the sound, the clatter of pots and pans. It keeps temperature Right, he's got consistent. restaurants. They all know what goes up on the roof. And keeps pests out, right? And in 13 years, I've never cleaned my ceiling at my store. If there's things hanging down, clearly you're going to clean it. But otherwise, I want to know what all the Toledo restaurants, when they're scheduled, ceiling cleanup is. Right, and put in the notes in the bottom when right. you're, if you're a restaurant owner listening to this, Please put in the notes at the bottom when your restaurant uh, scheduled yeah. mm -hmm. the ceiling clean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I know Costco over their pizza and hot dog station, that's got to be three stories high. Right. You need a man lift to get up there to clean it, whatever. So, so they anyway, allowed you to do it? No. So no, no. They, okay. Even though national franchises like Chili's and Texas Roadhouse have the same ceiling. So what I found out <laughs> is that if you are a restaurant and you're taking out your chicken cacciatore or your Chicken Alfredo, without uh -huh. a cover on it, that's okay with that roof, with that insulation. But for a retail store, it's not. So what are it you? So how sense. are you solving this? What's the solution? I'm writing a letter to the mayor. You're writing a letter to the mayor. Mm -hmm. well, tell him right here. What are you going to say to him? I'm going to say this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It's it's one. It's popcorn. Right. It is. Not a soup. It is not a meat, fish, or poultry. It is a 460-degree seed that pops. So is this what's keeping you? Yes. From? Yes. Uh, so these are the Challenges. trials and tribulations mm -hmm. of being in this type of business. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm going to put it, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a table and chairs. I'm going to get a TV. I'm going to have a Pepsi refrigerator or something. And my bathroom is ADA accessible with a changing table for babies. So now I'm going to be a restaurant, I think. I can play that game. Hmm. All right. What? That was pretty complicated. Yes. That's I'm not exactly nuts. happy. I'm that like is nuts. Spinning. Yeah, I'm sure. So frustrating because I'm still paying rent. Right. There's nothing worse than when, the, um, when there's undue regulation that doesn't make any sense. Zero sense when you've got disasters of restaurants. Disasters. Disasters. I've been to some that are just so gross. There's a restaurant in town that I like. All the doors, all the emergency doors are blocked with uh, food. 
You couldn't even get out of the restaurant. If there was a burning fire, what do you and, do? And, I, and you wonder, and so they're worried about popcorn. 460 so, degrees. What about, um, so that that is a major challenge, and it sounds like you're addressing it, and it's yeah. one of your big ones. Have you had any other challenges along the way? Oh, um, well, my business is cyclical, so that's a challenge. So what do you do when in the downtime? Yeah, well, you know what I do. I do in the summers, I do lots of the fundraising stuff. Okay. So like Barefoot at the Beach, Zoo to Do, When Taste of the Nation was around, all of those things I really enjoy doing. Weddings, graduation parties, baby showers. You know, there's lots of that to kind of keep you busy in the summer. Um, this is the first year that I've had the Whitmer kids. That um, I've had them for seven years, but this is the first year that they're year-round. I don't so know what that means. So the Whitmer kids are kids that are high-functioning with autism and Asperger's. Wow. And so they come every Tuesday and Thursday morning for the last seven years. Mm -hmm. And they will, um, well, they're from 11 to noon they, or 1.30. They used to be like 9.30 to 11.30. Um, but so they come and they help label the bags. Repetitive things. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, build all the boxes. So they are a huge help. Um, in this busy season. And so now, since we don't have any labels on any bags, they've been labeling bags. Oh my gosh, that's But that's great. just a huge help um, for me and for them because they're learning a skill. And How did they find you or how did you find them? Um, one of the directors, I guess, of the program, um, she came in one day and asked me if I wanted to, if I would look into it. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know. And so she kind of convinced me to try it out. And it's great for the kids to get mm. some work experience and sure. to um, deal with some of their issues that they, you know, there were a couple of times when, you know, some of the kids, you know, they're, they get frustrated or, you know, I'm on my feet all day on ceramic. And then right. these kids, their back starts to hurt and they start moaning. Mm. And, um, but that's, you know, helping with that, um, the challenges, a lot of the challenge. Oh, here's one. Here's a challenge for you. Um, money. <laughs> what? What's the challenge with money? Why is that a challenge? Uh, getting money. Uh -huh. You mean getting? So well, why? You just go to a I bank. Did, you uh, get money. No, what do you, you mean? don't. No, oh. I would rather give birth without <laughs> an epidural than try to do that ever. Then go to a bank. It's awful. Okay, so 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 what's the challenge with money? Okay, so when you have Bassett Nut Company. And it starts in August, and you have to go and get all the supplies for Cash orders. Flow. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they have terms of 30 or 60 days. Right. So now you're at 120 days. And you're not getting paid and until uh, November, right. or January, or February on some of your corporate right. gifts. Right. Right, right. So you need a cash flow. Yeah, that's a big deal. And when you pay everything, and so you don't have three references for credit. Sure. Because you pay everything off. My recommendation is get lines of credit. Don't pay things off. And then you have references to give to banks. Because to get more lines of credit. Correct. That is tough. It's a nightmare. Wow. That is really tough. And and so of your business, but you do have the cash coming in from retail, but it's... Not enough for not when enough. you've got a customer that needs 2,000 tins custom. And then you get the tins, but not only the tin, you have to have the heat band. You have to have the pad. You have to have the mailer. So oh all these, gosh. I had a 40-foot container out back, which the health department told me I needed a permit for, for a container. I'm doubting Walmart, Myers, and Target with their 40 containers around that time of year have permits on every single one of them, but whatever. So, yeah, then you have the product. 
that you have to put in. Sure. Oh, cash so, flow has got to be very difficult in mm -hmm, your business. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so what is your number one selling thing? What do you sell the most? Okay, of? so here's the difference too, because okay. there's two different product lines. There's a higher margin in popcorn sure. than nuts, but we sell more nuts. So it's okay. kind of a wash. Okay. So you like selling popcorn? Yeah. Well, I like selling both. I mean, since the mural on the side of the building that we wanted to recreate from right. the the warehouse in downtown mm -hmm. Toledo, um, another permit. Uh, <laughs> Who did the mural for you? Uh, Dean Davis. He is the guy, one of the guys that did the silos. Really? Mm -hmm. Is it painted or is it vinyl? Painted. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Was that a difficult permit to get? It was something. Um, because nobody knows if we're Toledo or Sylvania. We're right on the line. Right. So what I are you? I wish we were Sylvania. <laughs> we're yeah. Not. Well, they're all they're, It's they're difficult everywhere. It's, but it's Toledo, Toledo passed it and allowed yes. you to do it. Uh huh. And it's such an asset to the area. And it's it so is. cool. I know. It's just a replica of what the original building is. Right. So I I don't under it's like a huge billboard, and we get a lot. It has paid for itself. We get lots of people that didn't know, and then you get the generations. Like you get the grandparents like, I remember when my dad used to take me into downtown, we could smell the nuts roasting. I mean, so you hear all these stories mm, all day long right. and it's heartwarming and it's so frustrating then at the same time that you're getting a hassle and kickback from something that you want to keep in Toledo right. for the history and for just a Toledo story. I mean, it went from an Arabic family to a Jewish family and now to an Arabic Irish female. Like, I mean, how, how do you not want the, you know, it all evolves. They could have sold it to somebody in New York if they wanted to. Sure. And that business is a lot online, Bassett? Yep, online. Um, they, with, yes, with the, their corporate side of things, it's um, it was handled basically with folders and calling, not necessarily. Right. Computers. Right. Oh, my gosh. So we're moving that direction. Oh, my gosh. Which would streamline things a lot. Wow. Because I spent a good chunk of the summer going through every single customer file mm. and then trying to put a spreadsheet together with the years of business and address and point people and trying to figure out if they're still around or not. And So, you know, we've talked about popcorn, the mushroom sized popcorn. We've talked about nuts and they come in hot. I mean, we really kind of talked a, a lot about the business. Um is there anything that you, you know, that, that you would like to see your brand go into other than popcorn and nuts? What do you see as the future? Um, we talked about a couple of different things and we have a couple of different brands in there right now. Um, we have honey, bourbon flavored honey. Okay. Um, bourbon in, it's a honey that's in aged in a bourbon barrel. Um, and that is Mike of my Rachel Michaels. He's doing that. Old partner. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, his niece, Jessica, has um, pantless jams that okay. we sell at the store. Nuts, I know. Jams. That's you not got everything money. going on there. Okay. Right. Um, we had some granola from a local guy that we were selling. And then we started doing some fudge. In fact, somebody just today came in and asked if the fudge was still here. And um, we need to touch base with our supplier for that because I am not making fudge on top of everything else because oh what gosh. a lot of times people don't realize. So during the craziness, the crazy time, I probably had 20 or more people working 
And then it's like you get hit in the face. Deadsville. It's dead. Right. So then you go down to skeleton crew, which is me. Right. So now I'm the janitor, manufacturer, oh, yeah. manufacturer, packager, orderer, accounts receivable, payable. Although I do have a Veronica who does a lot of the bookkeeping, but payroll, everything. That's what I think a lot of people that think it's so easy to get into small business have a distorted view on what it all entails because you're not going to survive if you have people doing all of that stuff when you don't have cash flow. Right. So you kind of have to do it all. It, it, I get such a kick out of when people say, well, that's not my job description. Well, it better be if you want to try and survive because ever since I started the business, everyone would say, I can't believe it. I'll never forget Mike. Um, he's a sports guy, broadcaster. He was doing things down at Bar 145 every Friday, Friday night football. Bar ran out of internet or the internet closed, shut down, whatever. So he came over to my spot and he did his broadcast from my location. And so every year at Thanksgiving, he comes and rebroadcasts. That's so cool. It is. It's fun. And so I remember the second year he did that. He's like, I never thought you'd be here in another year. Like they're just so surprised. But you have to be frugal. Like, I don't throw twist ties away. Like, you know, you got to save money where you can. Like, so in order to survive COVID and to survive all of these different obstacles, you have to be willing to do it yourself and not rely on anyone else because you have to pay people. You are the ultimate entrepreneur. I mean, this is, this is the, this is the point of this podcast and you are it. I mean, I, I think you have a total command of the whole business from the front door to the back door. And, um, you're, you are, um, uh, <clears throat> and I'm sure will be an inspiration to others that are thinking about going into business because I know, um, everybody's got, this guy's got a pickle recipe and that guy's got a mustard recipe mm. and a pick, you know, all these different things. And I think that you've done a great job of explaining what it really means and what it really looks like. So you just have to have passion. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got it. I try and thank God for <clears throat> Like social media, I'm terrible at. I'm not 15 or 16. No desire to do Instagram or any of that kind of stuff. I see your stuff out Thank there. Thank God you're, for Charlie Kale. You're, I see on um, on uh, TikTok your not stuff. Not me. Oh. I have no idea even how to get on that thing. But Charlie has been amazing. So she's the one that's responsible for all that. So she, well, if you need great. a social media person, that's who to go to. Perfect. Charlie Kale's brother, Sammy Kale, was on the podcast. So... Well, Rachel, I really appreciate it. This is, and I appreciate everything that you brought and you brought a lot of stuff. So, you know, let's just, since you brought it, let me just, uh, so we got confetti popcorn. Every, every color has a different flavor. All right. We'll find that out. You got coconut macaroon almonds. Those sound good. My, I think my wife is going to like those cinnamon Cinnamon almond almonds. almonds. Do you ever get anything in and like, you have to taste everything. Uh And do you, do you uh, say this isn't right? Do you, do you? No, because everybody has a different flavor. Everybody has a different passion. Okay. Um, so this is, so again, what is your number one selling popcorn flavor? What's Buckeye. the number? Buckeye flavor. Peanut butter and chocolate on the caramel. All right. And what is your number one nut? It's between deluxe mixed nuts and cashews. That's I it. I mean, but those are the staples. Right. You know, there's lemon creme almonds, there's white chocolate cashews, 
There's deluxe mixed in dark chocolate. Oh, God, that was a close call. <laughs> mixed in deluxe. All right, yeah, mixed deluxe with milk chocolate and dark chocolate. Okay. Um, Bassett Nut Company in the past had never done dark chocolate anything. What? So I made a huge mistake in the first year. First year before Linda came on, Linda Whitson, she's amazing. She's been there 30 plus years and she is my goddess. She knows everybody inside and out. Oh my gosh. So before she came on board, I had quoted a former customer. And in my world, it's like, well, dark chocolate is perceived um, a healthier chocolate and right. a, a pricier object, whatever. And no, they only did milk chocolate. So people were upset. So now every time somebody comes in and they want chocolate, I'm like, well, do you prefer milk or do you prefer dark just to get her goat? Because that's so funny. That's all they did were milk chocolate. So my wife likes milk and I like dark. So it yeah. is. Uh, so that's why we have then the mix of the deluxe sure. with milk and dark. Or if somebody wants dark and mixed or dark and milk chocolate almonds, we can do that as well. So I'm eating lemon cream almonds. almonds, which are delicious. Well, it's Rachel. You're an inspiration. I love it. It's been 13, 12 or 13 years. It's been 13 for popcorn in my location. That's a long time. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, thanks for all the stuff that you've Thank brought. you so much for having me. You got it. Thanks.